Well, good morning, Crossroads community. It's great to be with you guys this morning. Is that not just an amazing worship set? Can we just again praise the Lord for what we have been able to experience this morning? Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, worship team. So we are continuing our study through the Word together, our reading plan this year. Um, Jumping into week three, things are moving along. I hope you're spending time in the Word. I hope you're finding time to ingest the Word of God into your life, to process through that as well. Um, If you've joined our reading plan, thank you so much for doing that. If you've fallen a little bit behind, hey, it's okay. I missed a few days myself, and so I spent some time, like, catching up. It's beginning to get, like, kind of exciting. Uh, There's some times when when you feel like, man, is this ever going to end? Lamentations, why? Um, But... But, and we'll get to that eventually but, and as well. But if you, are, if you haven't joined our reading plan, we have a, a paper that you can take with you. It gives you the dates of what's going on. If you're uh, into the internet and into social media, you can find our stuff accessible that way as well. It's kind of how I do it. I have mine saved into my Safari reminder, and I click it, and I know what day I'm on, and I just begin reading from that point forward. So that is where we are, and we are super excited to be doing that together as a body, studying the Word together is a beautiful thing. So this morning we find ourselves swimming in Genesis 26 and we can look back and now what's kind of neat is we can look back at what the foundation was and what the beginning of, of the word was with God and God's existence and how he planned and how he created and then we have all of the creation, we have humanity, we have humanity's fall and we begin marching forward and what do we keep seeing? We keep seeing Man trying to do his best attempt, and he's failing. Man trying to do his best attempt, and failing. Woman trying to do her best attempt, and still doing better than men most days, and failing as well. But, but we have this constant, I'm trying, and I'm failing, I'm trying, and I'm failing. And God continually meets people right where they are in their failure, loving them in that moment, helping them reestablish what he has called them to do, and them going forward. And we find ourselves, again, with another biblical character in the same way. And what I love about Scripture, what I love about what God does in His creation, but also in His storytelling, is going, you are no different. You and I seated in this space today, or you and I gathered together in your living room right now, or wherever you are hearing this for the first time, maybe later in this week as you jump back into the podcast and you listen, we're no different than these biblical characters are. They, they may, they, we may see them as highly regarded because they were written down in, as a historical person and, and worthy enough for, to be included into the Word, but they're no different than us. Their struggles are still the same. Their frustrations are still the same. And dare say their spiritual frustrations are still the same that we encounter today, right now in 2023, in the month of January as we move forward. Frustrated struggling, hands sometimes lifted to God going, why, why, why? And as we look at the character today of Isaac, we may ourselves see this same thing inside of us. And Greg did an excellent job of reading. We will be reading Genesis 26, 23 through 25. I'll read our text, then we'll just break it down pretty gently, pretty quickly. We'll move, we'll see God's application to our lives right now, no matter what we're going through, the application is there. So Genesis 26, 23 through 25, let's read along the Word of God together. The Bible says, From there Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I 
am the God of your father Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I'm with you and I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. And then Isaac built an altar there and worshiped the Lord. He set up his camp at that place and his servants dug another well. Pray with me. Father, we love you. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the ability to read your word, hear your word, see your word. And God, today, apply your word to our lives. Lord, you are speaking to us from your word alone. Thank you for the privilege. And we pray right now, God, you would meet with us continually in this place. Holy Spirit, the freedom you have to move, carry on. We need it. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. In your name, Jesus, amen. We see quickly as we're reading, we jump into verse 23 where that Isaac was on the move. He had moved somewhere else. If you've done the reading and you back up, this is a guy who he planted, he did great things, he gained a lot of wealth, he got a little bit discouraged because people came and told him to do some things, he moved somewhere else. What happens? They get jealous, they get envious, they get mad, they kick. I mean, he's digging wells, he's getting wealth, he's got all these animals, he's got all this stuff going on, he's got wells everywhere with water. I mean, things are beautiful for him, and then the town people get a little mad, and they come, they kick some dirt in his well, and he gets mad, they get upset with him and say, hey, I want you to move. We don't like what you're doing here, you're gaining too much power, too much favor, you need to go. And so he has to pick up, go reestablish, pick up, go reestablish. At this point, we see what? He may be getting a little bit frustrated. But the entire time he's moving, what does the word tell us? From there, Isaac moved. The Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. So as soon as he shows up, and if you've ever had this thing in your life where you've been a little bit frustrated, and you've had to move, you've been a little bit frustrated, you've had to change course, you've had something interrupt which you were comfortable with, and you move, and the moment you show up, what do you find? This is what the Word says. God appeared to him on the night of his arrival. Being a pastor, we've had to move a few times. Just pick up and go somewhere. God said, hey, it's time to go. We've left deep friendships, great love, just amazing community of people around us. And I'm telling you that sometimes that first night when you go, that first day, you're excited a little bit to get to a new place. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you got all this mountain of furniture. You got this boxes full of dishes that have to go into those, those cupboards, those pantries. But they can't go in there until you get the liner in the shelves, right? You got to get the squishy kind that matches. That all, and so you got to go get it and cut it and put it down. You got to make it all perfect and look beautiful. You got to do all these things to make the place set. So as a husband, I've arrived at homes in t- towns we've moved to for churches and I've gotten frustrated. And what I wanted was for God to show up and go, fear not, Carla will take care of all of it. <laughs> for this is how I wired her. She is my called dear loved one who will organize your home and everyone will be happy. And tomorrow you will wake up completely refreshed with a fresh pot of coffee that your wife made because that's how I wired her with eggs over easy. I mean, just something like that. These are the words I wanted from God. And I just want to believe, okay? Help me with my feeble mind and my weirdness (laughs) as well. This is maybe exactly how Isaac is showing up. He's just frustrated. He's going, God, every time you've asked me to do something, I've done it. And I've gone and I've done what you told me to do because of your love, you know, the covenant you made with my father. And I've done these things. You've blessed him. You're blessing me because of what you've done. And I believe you. Man, I'm just frustrated. 
Why, why do you keep moving me? Why do we keep going places? And so at times it's easy for us to take our focus off of God. It becomes easy for us to take the focus off of where he's moved us and what he's brought us to and focus on the problems and the issues and the troubles and the struggles that are around us and surround us. And so what we must do is we must overcome this distraction. We must overcome the things that are causing us to doubt him, to think maybe he's gone back on his word. But he is with us. The Lord is with us no matter where we go. No matter what we do, because here's the thing, I do not believe that by chance we end up anywhere. I don't believe for chance you would end up somewhere and, and, and just go, why am I here? And that the Lord wouldn't speak to you and go, this is why you're here. I chose to move you. I chose to make you uncomfortable. I chose to place you somewhere where you may get a little bit rattled. I've, I chose to place you somewhere that's a little bit outside your comfort zone. Because what I'm calling you to do, I've already equipped you and, and given you and blessed you to do this work. And when have I ever let you down? I love it when God asks us that question. I love it when he makes a covenant and we think that for some reason he's broken that covenant. We will get to that a little bit later on. So not only is the Lord with us, but the Lord will bless us. Verse 24 says, Do not be afraid, I'm with you and I will bless you, says the Lord. At this point, Isaac has to think back. You will bless me? Wait a minute, haven't you already blessed me? Maybe we should take that in consideration when we end up somewhere that's a little bit uncomfortable. When we end up somewhere that doesn't feel like everything else should be feeling. When it feels like maybe our friendships have walked away from us or we've been moved away from them or something else has changed. Maybe at that point we can just pause for a moment and go, you have blessed me. You have been so good to me. You have loved me. You have chosen me. You have given me a path. You have taken me to this place right now. And while I don't understand it, and I'm really, really frustrated, God, I know that you have blessed me. But what God's Word says is, I will bless you. You can count in the past that I've blessed you on, but guess what, buddy? Guess what, lady? I'm going to continue to bless you. It is a short little thing that we see this snippet of, of Isaac's life, but you have to know he's, he's got to be a little bit frustrated. It always seems to me that whenever our characters in Scripture are distracted, that God shows up to remind us of who he is and what he has done. Adam and Eve sinned, the first sin ever in this world, the first thing that, that has put us on the trajectory from then to where we are now, that we say, man, things are really bad, like, that all started there. And in this sin, in what they did, God shows up. He literally looks down at his two created beings and goes, you have placed the worst thing on your body. Fig leaves, really people? Those are itchy. It's going to get cold tonight. So I'm going to do something better. He'll bless us. God shows up. And Abraham had a child with the wrong woman. God showed up. Over and over. Hey guys, even to this point that we are in Scripture and in history, over and over, God shows up. And He blesses. When He calls. When He ordains. When He says it, He'll bless it. 
We have to trust. Even in the moments when we don't see, even in the moments when we're wringing our hands and maybe when we're even covering our eyes, we don't want to see. He will bless. He says something else in this passage, the first part, first four words, do not be afraid. A lot of times we'll take this, this passage and we'll interpret it as like, fear me. I'm the Lord speaking. Bow yourselves, humble yourself. I think in this text, in the reading, as we see, I truly believe this is a different kind of, don't be afraid. I think this is the don't be afraid of, hey man, I got you. And whatever I've called you to, trust me, I'll bless you. I know this is strange. I know you're tired of moving. I know you're tired of doing the same thing repeatedly no matter what the location is. But isn't that what God has called us to do? If we fast forward ourselves into Matthew and we read the words of Jesus in 28, specifically verses 19 and 20, he gives us a very simple call to no matter where we are and what we should do. To go, to teach, share the gospel. Make converts, baptize them, make disciples. Wherever you go. So whether that be a long distance from home, whether that be just across the street, whether that be across the desk, whether that be across your phone, <laughs> whatever you're doing, that's our call. It's pretty simple. And so don't be afraid for what I've called you to do because not only am I calling you to do it, I'm with you. I know these things are happening to you. I know you're frustrated, but I'm going to bless you. Don't forget the blessings I've already given you. I'm going to continue to bless you. That's his desire. And I love the, the promises of God, the Lord, the God, God will keep his promises. The word says, I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Like this covenant that God makes, when he makes a covenant, he doesn't break his covenant. He never has. Which is why we can kind of read this in reverse and realize, hey, I'm, I'm calling you to this and uh, I love you and you're uncomfortable and remember my blessings and I will bless you. Like we can see this in this text right here. He's going to keep his promises. Like I just love the fact, let's just put God to the test. What is one covenant he made that he never kept his promise on? What is one thing he's done to truly let humanity down? We're being silent for two reasons. Either number one, I really don't know because I've not read the word. Maybe God did do something wrong and let people down, but I'm not there yet. Or we're sitting in confidence not saying a word because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God's never broken a covenant. He's never made a covenant that he didn't deliver on. He's never said something that didn't happen. Let's go back to week one. In the beginning, God. How beautiful are those four words? And to know that when he began to speak, that something that looked like nothing became something amazing, and it's perfect. He speaks and it happens. He says it and it will become true. He calls you to it. Stay faithful in the call because he's got you there for a beautiful reason. And we see that with our character. We see that in the study. We see that in this very brief text. 
that we may read very, very quickly. Well, he got upset, he moved, moved again. People didn't like him. He shows up. But God promised it. What were his promises? Descendants, property, animals, wealth, blessing to him, to his father. What are God's promises to you? They make it look a little different. God's promises to you may look a little different. God's promises to you may be this way. Man, you're going to work to the day you die. (laughs) You're going to serve. That's just who I've created you. And you're going to influence people. You're going to be able to share the gospel. You're going to be able to share the love and share my promises with the faithful, hard, sweaty brow work that you do. You're called to be hospitable. All you know is to be kind and just to give and give and give. Whatever he's called you to, stay faithful in the call no matter where you are. No matter where I am myself. You have to stay faithful to the call. And I promise you, as a life of a, of a pastor and someone that has served for nearly 25 years, I have found myself multiples of times, family, church, I found myself multiples of times wringing my hands and going, God, what are you doing? Why? 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 Haven't I been faithful? Haven't I served? Haven't I done what you've asked me to do? Haven't I? Haven't I? Haven't I? And I'm, where was my focus? On me. And I love the voice of God when he shows up. And he lets me vent. And he lets me be frustrated. And he lets me talk. And he lets me say. So that he can say, Brandon, remember my promises. Remember what I've called you to. It's not comfort. It never was about you being comfortable. It was about you being faithful. And church family, I'm not sharing that with you to make me the center of the story. I share that with you to share a common bond with each one of you. I know frustration. I know that you know frustration as well. Different from mine. But thanks be to God, our Father and Creator, He knows as well. And there's no temptation, there's no frustration, there's no situation or any of those shuns I could throw in there, that Jesus himself has been through that I can't identify with, that he can't identify with me with as well. I'm inconvenienced for being moved. He didn't even have a home. I'm inconvenienced because things don't feel good or they're uncomfortable. Ran out of towns. His own hometown didn't welcome him. Sometimes his own family didn't understand him. Like we have so many things in common, he understands. So I can share with him. And that's what we're seeing here with the servant of Isaac in in his situation as well. But verse 25, things begin to change for Isaac. Up until this point, God is speaking. He's he's just there. He just thinks he's just kind of taking a break. He's at a rest stop for a moment. He's been run off and run off and run off. And he shows up. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshiped the Lord. Worship as always has to be our response. It has to be our response regardless of the circumstances we're in, regardless of the situation. No matter what is going on, the rest stop for him right now becomes a place of worship. The question we ask ourselves is, what is your response when God does show up? 
None of the times in my life when I've acted like I deserved it. Well, God, I'm glad you finally showed up. I've been here alone waiting on you. It's about time. Maybe sometimes it becomes a lack of appreciation for who he is and for what he's done and for what he is continuing to do. Again, the appreciation for the former blessing, the past blessing, the appreciation for the current blessing, although it's uncomfortable, and then the appreciation for the future blessing because he will bless. Does it even register on our radar that in those moments of frustration and, and, and tiredness and wringing our hands and squinting our brow, whatever it is, your response or my response, what is it of us at that moment that can go, I need to stop and I just need to worship? I just need to read. I need to know more about him so I can love him more. I just need to be thankful for where I am and how much he does love me. I need to be moved in this moment to a worship, to a posture that just says, thank you. Thank you. You haven't left me. You haven't moved from me. Although I'm in a different place, you're still with me. And his last point of response, he planted. Obviously, he was a decent gardener. Earlier on, it says that he, he reaped more than he ever sowed because of where he chose to dig, from where his father had previously dug wells. The water just blessed the land, and no matter what he put in the ground, it prospered. Verse 25 says he set up his camp at that place and his servants dug another well. He did the right thing. He did the correct thing. He set up the tent. He said, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's build the tent. Let's get ready to stay. Let's get a fire going. Let's find something to eat. Let's get our picnic table done. Let's get everything set up. And the last thing he says is he got his servants to dig another well. Isaac says, hey, guess what, fam? We're staying. We're going to be planted right here. What do you mean we're staying? Every time we dig a well and we do things, people make us move. Well, this is where we are. And I've heard from the Lord. And this is what he's told me, so we're digging. Dig the well. Church family, the question becomes, are you planted? Are you dug in to where you are? And that can be a couple of places. Are you dug in where you are? physically, like where God has planted you. And I know for so many in this, in this space and in this room, same county, same city, same house, right? Decade after decade after decade. I do not know what that is in my world. <laughs> I was part of a family where we've moved quite often. And home never, I mean, it was there for a while, for decades or whatever, but it just never, we, it, my dad was a land guy and he liked to build. And so it was, we were always kind of building something else and going. My mom told me years ago, my dad would sell everything, possibly even her. And so we would just move and go. And so I don't know what that generational digging down in, into the ground is physically, but I admire it. So some of you may say, physically, I'm dug in. Financially, I'm dug in. And my priorities are right in those two areas. And then it becomes, well, spiritually, are you dug in as well? I think the issue here with Isaac is there's a physical digging, but there's also a spiritual digging. And planting his life on, on, on something that, that really can't be contained. And that is the movement of God. 
And then when God is moving and when he's calling and when he's, when he's doing things in your life and you have to go, I'm, I'm digging on, on this rock that is a firm foundation. But I don't always know what that means. I don't always know what it means to be comfortable. I don't always know what it means to, to truly know what's going to happen. But I'm digging down into this bed of rock called Jesus. And I just feel like we're, it's going to be moving. And I want to cut you in on something. You're going to move. You're going to move. You have to. His spirit moves. We must go where it is. That doesn't mean a physical, always a physical move. But it does mean a spiritual move. And you've got to dig into the rock that's there. You've got to dig into what is Jesus and put your faith and trust completely into him. So that you can be moved. And you can experience something glorious that Isaac was experiencing. Trust and faith in the God who is always guaranteeing his promises. Meaning what he says. Doing what he says he will do. When he chooses to do it. And it's not on our time. Man, this week, I mean, my goodness. The timing of a message about planting and staying in a, in a week when... Homes, families, situations, churches that we saw have literally been physically moved off of their foundation. And you know as well as I do what it is to own a piece of property and to say, you know, although this has moved, this is where you have me planted. So although something destructive happened, God, you still called me to stay. You've called me to dig in. You've called me to be planted right here to your glory, for your fame, for your renown, Lord Jesus. We will do this. And so church family, not only do we get to do this with ourselves individually, spiritually, as a church, we get to help people stay planted, to encourage them. And I've already seen it. I have seen the response of what we have done as a body, but what we've done individually as well at so many homes and areas and so many people that we know, family, distant family, friendships, Maybe at one point we didn't really like each other, but because of what the Lord's called us to do, we're going to respond because that is what we do as a church. I had the joy yesterday of speaking with someone whose house was literally rolled off of its foundation, flipped over upside down, and now it is gone. There is nothing left. And to hear the words of someone just to say they're waiting for some government agency to show up, and that's, that's, those things do need to happen. But my response was like, they're going to show up, and they're going to leave. And guess what? The body of Christ, the church, is still going to be here. Because we dig down. We're called to dig down and to stay through the frustration, through the hurt, through the storms. No matter what it is, he's called us to stay. So family, I challenge you today, would you stay? Would you stay faithful to his call? Would you stay faithful in the storm? Would you stay faithful in the face of adversity? Would you stay faithful when God does tell you to move? Well, whatever you've dug and whatever you've planted yourself on, people come and they kick dirt on it. Would you stay faithful to no matter where he takes you, you will stay faithful to his call. Maybe today for you, you'll say, hey, Brandon, I don't, I don't know what it is to stay faithful because I've never known faith. We talk about Jesus. We talk about salvation. We talk about prayer. And I don't know those things, but I want to know today. The beautiful thing is for Jesus is that when you call on his name, you ask him for salvation and because of God's covenant and because of God's promise and what he called Jesus to do, Jesus will save you today, right now. And it's awkward if you're first time here to go, I don't, I don't want to walk forward, I don't really know what that means. 
But where you are, the Holy Spirit sees you. God sees you. He knows your heart. And He chooses to love you in this moment. So while you could come forward and share with me or with anybody up here, hey, I received salvation back in my chair. I just wanted to tell somebody. You also could lean to the person beside you and say the same thing. Hey, I just prayed to receive Jesus. I don't know what to do. (laughs) But I will say this. Welcome to the first breath of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Salvation is free. And Jesus is extending it right now. Would you pray with me, church, as we prepare our hearts to respond in this moment? Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the opportunity to respond. Father, I pray that you would move us in this time. Maybe we've dug ourselves into something that's not holy. Maybe we've latched onto things that are not of you. God, I I pray that right now, for every person that hears your promises, that God, they would dig down spiritually in this moment. And Holy Spirit, as you've moved in this place and you've touched every life in some way, you've brought something to mind, something in their heart, God, would you move them to respond to you? We need you. We love you. And we ask all of this to be done in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.